You got your tea? You got your A? Yep, my tea. And welcome to the least fanfare episode 50 of any podcast known to man. This is unrelenting episode 50. And it's also it's numerology. It's also 11, 11, 22 episode 50. And uh, the support shown for this show has been unbelievable. Tremendous. Yes. Tremendous in a different way. Tremendous in a very low way. But it's okay. Because this show still is and always will be. It's unrelenting. Yes, it is. Unrelenting. Mm. Yeah. It will always be unrelenting. That's that's kind of the definition. Is it? How are you, Gene? Even if no one's listening. I'm Darren O'Neill. <laughs> he is surging, as it says in my uh, that's right. clean feed. <laughs> surging. Where we last left you is we upset a whole lot of people cutting you off at the end of last episode. Well, no, that was not a we. That was a you. Well, it's the it's the royal we. Uh-huh. People were like, it sounded like Gene was right in the middle of a thought. And I'm like, yeah, but if I don't cut him off at some point, the show goes 48 hours. It's like, yeah, we, we got a hard stop, man. The, the radio station is going to cut us off here. I'm pulling the plug on Gene. Yeah, the affiliates are. Yeah, we, uh-huh. we, have, to, we have to cut his microphone. We have reclaimed our time <laughs> and we have to cut the microphone. I mean, for a second there, I was thinking, what well, shit, was I talking about COVID again? God damn it. Could be. Yeah. No, that's only YouTube that'll cut you off. Oh, oh right, right, right. So, yeah, we had the election, and I have to say right up front, you were correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All the reports coming in were like, it's going to be a big win for the Republicans. And while it seems they might somehow eke out control of both the Senate and the House, there was no there was no huge wave of support. No, I mean, you know, there was the flip on the House side, which obviously is a good thing. Let's not forget about that. but. Yeah, this is a smaller uh, flip in the midterms, a uh, smallest one in the last 20 years. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize usually whoever the incumbent party is loses bigly in the midterm. Yeah. That's typical. And where they did here, not massively. And this is going to come down to, and again, the, the magic number. If there's one thing we've been taught by no agenda, the magic number pops up. and. Mm-hmm. The first 24 hours after everybody knowing there was going to be a runoff in the Georgia Senate race between Warnock and Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker, his campaign brought in how much do you think? Yeah. 3.3 million donations, Mm -hmm. not 3 million, not over 3 million, 3.3 million. Yep. That means there's something to watch here. That means they're done. It means there's something to watch. It could mean they're done. Yeah. It's going to, well, see, this is the one thing I hate about the runoffs. And we had massive amounts of arguments with people about ranked choice voting. And the one thing I really hate about the way things are done the way they are now are these runoff elections, because there's no reason why. And this is the same thing that happened two years ago in the Senate. There's no reason why the people of Georgia should have that kind of pull. And I understand their vote is their vote, 
but you should never know like you're going to be the one place that's the tipping point. I I really like runoffs. Um, I would love it if every state did that. I think that would be much better because what that allows you to do is to vote with your conscience on the first vote (laughs) and be practical on the second vote. You go, yeah, I'm looking at my wallet. And, and the Libertarian Party would start getting 15, 20, 30 percent uh, of those uh, elections coming in, um, which would be awesome. Uh, because, again, I never have been a Republican. I, I voted Republican quite a bit, um, but I would much rather vote Libertarian. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that voting for Ross Braw taught me is that's how you get Bill Clinton. I'm Ralph and you're the boss. But this concept that Georgia now the whole country is watching Georgia. There's tons of money. Lindsey Graham's like, I'm moving down to Georgia. We're going to get Herschel elected. We're going to do nothing. Yeah. Lindsey just wants to do something else with Herschel. I think perhaps you never know. Oh, we're pretty sure. But this whole concept royal we that we have to care about Georgia that they know that their vote is it's that's while it's not holding more. Weight. And it would not make any difference if there was an actual landslide. No, like it, like if, if there is already a, uh, a Republican majority in the Senate, Georgia's vote would just not matter. No one be talking about it. Correct. Well, this is why the runoffs are a bad thing when it's like, well, everybody else has figured out who their States are going for, but, you guys, yeah, you're now. I think, know, I think the, the way to point. solve that is just to do it the other way around, to have the runoffs a week ago and to have the final elections the same day as everybody else. I would agree with that. See, I think there should be then a primary and then that should always be down to the final two candidates. Then. No, no, no. This two candidate bullshit is bullshit. It's well, I mean, you're going to get this is why we're as fucked as we are is because we only have two parties. Well, the people with the two most votes, that's not doesn't even matter in California. That's two Democrats. Okay, well, fair enough. That's a good point. In Alaska, it was two Republicans and a Democrat. And of course, the Democrat wins. Um, Well, if they're split, right. Which is why you have to get down to the final two. Now, if the final two are both Democrats or the final two are both Republicans, then great. You know, one of them is going to win. So you have that. You know, you go head to head. Exactly. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think that uh uh I I don't see the Republicans getting Georgia. Well, I think the Democrats know exactly what they need to do in Georgia and they're going to do it. I think both it sides know exactly no, what they need to do. Yeah, but except that the Democrats can do more of the doing than the Republicans. But can they even after this hateful and obviously racist law has been in effect in Georgia? It's amazing how that, oh, yeah. that didn't really play out for the Democrats. Yeah, I think they'll still be able to. Stacey Abrams lost again, though. How come? She, OK, why can't they cheat well enough to get her elected? Because obviously, are you sure they like her? I, I thought so. Mm hmm. But we don't know, I guess, who they actually are. And they're just like, ah, screw you. <laughs> it's like Beto. Like, yeah, you can keep running, but yeah. no. Yeah. No, never going to. There gonna was a, there's a couple of articles I saw in the liberal media that were saying, uh, you know, this is Beto's final knockout. Well, he's definitely gone through a lot of donor money. Yeah, with nothing to show for it. Yeah, that's the problem. Zero to show for it. Well, there was actually. 
somebody on MSNBC, to be fair, I don't know if this was one of their regular uh, commentators or whatever they've got there, but there mm-hmm. was somebody on MSNBC. I just saw the headline and I know headlines can be very deceiving, but the headline was MSNBC. Somebody is touting a Fetterman Abrams ticket for the Democrat presidential. Mm. Uh, well, that probably would win then. <laughs> can you even yeah. imagine that one? Oh, they get the votes for it. Yeah, they would somehow. Well, they'd get something for it. It uh-huh. would be entertaining. There's no yeah. question about that. Well, my uh, ideal ticket for the coming elections is going to be uh, DeSantis, Carrie Lake. Now, the DeSantis and Trump fight, how bad is this going to get? Now, I don't know. Oh, it's going to get bad. Trump the does not is. want to have somebody challenging him. Oh, I agree with that. But I don't but, even believe half the stories I get about, oh, Donald Trump threw a fit and did this and said this. No, and, I believe it. I don't. Why would you believe it? That's it. I don't believe anything. Because he's publicly said stupid shit like that. Yeah, but I want to see him publicly saying this. That's the, he did. That's the point. Well, where's the he audio? Said, oh, I, I, I have so much dirt on DeSantis. Even his wife doesn't know. <laughs> where's the audio of all this stuff? Uh, there's some of it out there and i know yeah. trump will go after i mean he the desanctimonious it's it was very Le, funny because he pulled yeah. that line out desanctimonious desantis yes he pulled it out in uh philadelphia but then he yes. went down to florida and he's like oh your wonderful governor is getting real yeah you should be a governor forever <laughs> yeah you're a great governor just uh stay a governor in florida he doesn't like the concept he doesn't want competition hey i get that but DeSantis is the one person that actually won that actually had the red wave. Not that he just won. He even flipped Miami Dade County, which is a right. very, very which is awesome. Yeah. 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 So if you're seeing that, you're going, well, okay. Now on a national stage, what the yeah. Republicans need, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. You need somebody that can flip those blue areas and Trump cannot do that. No, Trump will never absolutely. be able to do that. As nope. much as I like nope. what Trump says with his policies. That's what I was trying to explain to a buddy of mine yesterday who's a very uh, uh, Trumpist guy is uh, I said, look, here's the here's the issue is that the the core base on both sides will always vote for the party no matter what. Yes. Okay. And you're part of that core base, buddy. Yeah. And your vote so is right. if you're like, yeah, your vote is vote. like, no, it's it. It doesn't matter because everybody knows what you're voting. But here's the issue in that middle gray area of people. And I'm not even going to say anyone's going to flip their vote. Here's the difference. They'll either come out to vote or they won't come out to vote. And if Trump's running, some of the people that would come out for DeSantis to vote are not going to come out and vote for Trump. And I think the Republicans had. A and I'm one of them. Route. I'm not voting for Trump. I've said this uh, before the midterms is that I'm done with Trump. I think he's liability at this point. I think it's DeSantis or if somebody else comes up in the next two years, but it should not be Trump because Trump will lose the election and we'll have another four years of a Democrat. We need somebody that's competitive and Trump, as much as you may love what he did in the bull in the China shop scenario. He is too much of a liability because what he does is he motivates the Democrats to try harder to make sure he doesn't win. Yes, they're so afraid of him. But are the Democrats at this point less afraid, afraid of, of him? They're, they're not afraid of him they at are. all. They just they hate totally him. They totally are. 
They're not afraid of Trump at all. They totally are. He didn't do shit the first time. He didn't do anything. He left the same people in charge. That's the thing is he, he was a failure as a president in terms of, now I will say that uh, in terms of um, foreign policy, he did very good. But in terms of domestic and hiring the right group of people to actually change things for the better. Oh, he did have a lot uh, nothing, of crappy people. But nothing he, at the all. The economy here was also excellent. And if the it economy was COVID, the economy would have been flying so high that there was no way Biden would have gotten elected. Biden probably would have fucked the economy up, but it got fucked up even more with Biden because of COVID. Oh, there's no question. So, I mean, I, I do think that any Republican would do better domestically in the economy than any democrat but there's no magic there with trump what i wanted trump in office for he achieved which is to be a bull in the china shop to confuse people and he did that very well with the foreign policy because everybody from russia to north korea was like we have no idea if this fucker's gonna push the nukes like he is crazy he's he's not somebody that is predictable and he's not and so uh that was good but now he is predictable now we've got four years of his record now we know what happens and now is not the time to vote for a guy that's basically going to be a lame duck for the entire four years well that's also true there's no question about that do you think the midterms actually have a red wave if the republicans would have gotten in front of the abortion issue because it was a way bigger issue it seems uh, than anybody would have so. predicted i don't think it was i i think oh, the abortion we, issue yeah, we have to just go by the polling and this was one of the main issues which is insane to me yeah. because how many people I, does it I, does it affect on a how many people that get abortions right right um no i i think that this is a uh a red herring that is being pushed by the media to make people on the right side of the aisle think that this is why y'all lost is because of abortion. I really think it's a red herring in day-to-day life and just talking to, and I, you know, I know plenty of Democrats, unfortunately, no one brings up abortion. Well, right. Like, They're like, they well, just my wallet's don't disappearing. Care. Right. Yeah. And they, but they, you know, the thing that they bring up, honestly, is that like Gavin Newsom is going to keep, bumping up their taxes in california because a lot of them that i know still live in california and they still like uh, voting for austin well um, there's no alternative i mean again it's like a democrat versus democrat state they're obviously not going to vote for a republican so the question is well democrats are pushing newsom that's who gets in it's the epitome of the overton window in california like mm-hmm. we just have to vote for the guy that maybe won't nuke us well they they're definitely not going to vote for a Nazi, which means no Republicans. Well, of course, because they're bad. Anybody, all Republicans are not. There's no bad. difference in California. The word Nazi is synonymous with the word Republican. It literally has the same meaning. And thank you, Trump, by the way. Uh, didn't used to be the case. Ronald Reagan's from California. Yeah, but they didn't really like him in California. But at this point, you know, Nazi and the Republican means the same thing. So, again, I think that uh, Trump's got a hell of an ego. Well, no kidding. And <laughs> Breaking he, news right here on the Unrelenting uh, Show. Right? Trump I, I don't know ego. if you all realize that, but yes. Trump has a bit of an ego. 
And I think that uh, if you watch the, well, the people that I watch, let's put it that way. So meaning libertarian slash conservative leading people on YouTube, <laughs> the people that I often will uh, post on the agenda, social, uh, the videos of everyone saying what I'm saying right now. It's like, okay, it's time for Trump just to, uh, you know, gracefully bow out and uh, let people that can actually win the elections move forward because there is a point where the votes against Trump are greater than the votes against any other conservative running. So how much do you want to motivate your competition to cheat? And I'm not, I'm perfectly fine saying there's clearly cheating going on with the Democrats. The question is how motivated do you want them to be? Do that. Well, if you want to win, here was the thing for most Republicans, I believe up until a week ago here within this last week, they're like, well, we don't know who else can win at the national level. And I think DeSantis made a very strong point. I don't think there's anybody else. I don't think there's anybody else that can come through at this point for the next election cycle that the average Republican would go. Yeah, he's a better choice or she's a better choice than Trump, except for DeSantis. Now, there's a lot of people that are hoping the two of them somehow combined. And I think that would be a horrible thing. Oh, it'd be horrible. Yeah. Because this also then puts the stink, if you will, let's just imagine. Yep. It defeats the advantage of DeSantis by having him come in as a a veep. Uh, A veep does nothing. A veep position is basically. Well, it's great if you win. It's a fluffer position. It's great if you win, but for DeSantis, then if you don't win, there's yeah, you're no, fucked. you're done. Right. Your career is it. done. It's like yeah. you are now tied to Trump and you yep. will probably never win. So yep. that is not now if it, you know, if they do actually win, that's great, but that is a big toss up for DeSantis. And I don't know why he would want to do it. Yep. Uh, exactly. So it's a chess game. I think that right now, the best thing that people, if you, if you don't want either a Biden or somebody Democrat else, victory in two years the best thing you can do is donate money to the descent campaign the no agenda millennial says i can't believe this but i think i actually agree with the russian stooge on this you are bringing some people who are like i can't wait i don't get it they agree with you yeah well this is their like wise the way it is if you pay attention you won't agree with everybody on every issue. I've, I've predicted every election that's happened fairly well. I mean, I might miss a, a race or two here and there, but I've got a pretty good gut feel for this stuff. And uh, I think right now that the the liability of Trump is greater than whatever he brings uh, on the plus side. It's just. You want the other side to not try as hard. <laughs> and, and the way to do that is they're going to think, ah, DeSantis, he's a Florida guy. You know, there's no way he's going to win. They're not going to try as hard to go against him. Right. Because whether what they say is true or not, the scare factor, the fear factor that, oh, Donald Trump's going to get back in and do this. That gets people off the, their couch. This to is go how the they're, this is what they're putting in all their fundraising letters. And like Adam, I'm on the Hillary campaign uh, list as well. Uh, oh, well, is you there a lot of money to the Hillary campaign? Uh, five bucks because you need to give them something <laughs> to stay on. Right. So I didn't have to give them five bucks. 
but uh, they are absolutely using uh, Trump as a way to elicit more funds. And it's not just more funds. It's to get out the vote effort. It's like, do you remember how horrible having the Nazi in the White House was? You know, we had to impeach him twice and this this cockroach still won't die. And I this don't is believe not this I don't, is not what you want two years before the election. Well, and I don't believe Trump has this in his DNA to give up, which is unfortunate because if he would have just maybe we need to uh, send a copy and somebody get a what is what is Trump use DVD VHS send them VHS send them a copy of War Games and then maybe yeah. he'll figure out that sometimes the only winning move is not to play and uh-huh. the best thing he could do for the party Ooh, right now that's good that's wise uh huh is to pull out and say you know what I'm done with politics. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even have to be. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, him being as or even more involved than the the previous presidents. Okay, let me just say, I'm not going to run again. Right. Is what he needs to say. And that would take away so much of the Democrats. If you want to go into, you know, 3D chess, then what he needs to do is have these conversations privately. But then publicly talk like he's running and become a lightning rod so oh, yes. the democrats keep focusing on him and all of a sudden desantis comes out of left field and right. they're like what it's the shell we thought game. trump was gonna beat him uh-huh it's the shell game and then DeSantis. yeah Nobody's now looking that at would the- be that would put him into a much better respectable position in my opinion if he was to do that because then he is doing something for the good of the party the good of the people and not the good of trump's ego well, kind of what, what, are the, what are the odds though right well the, with his ego none but that is what happened with obama that's how he got in it was like wait wait who's wait no we had mm-hmm. we had hillary we had hillary and no who's this guy mm-hmm. we don't know anything and then the whole term one-term Biden senator thing right. yeah one-term senator yeah from i mean they might as well run uh aoc she'd probably win that i you we would have to leave very quickly through the back door um well, i'm not i'm not i'm taking my damn state with me if i'm leaving well there is a big push now for texas to become an independent state once again over 50 percent of texas adults in surveys want to leave like we could be our own damn country it's like i, mm-hmm. I don't doubt that i mean it's not like the army is uh is the texas enough. flag is the last flag of the republic of texas get it back it's literally now. we don't even have to change flags to leave just like we're here we're we're our own little country again <laughs> uh-huh. you'd be taken over by mexico in like a week uh you know that's why i was joking about that and of course uh uh dude named ben who's uh like a 10th generation texas guy he's like oh no 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 we probably take over mexico ourselves <laughs> see now that would be interesting they, they, they weren't afraid of the united states but those texans they're fucking crazy man oh yeah those no, guys just get drunk one night and it's like, wait, we took over Woohoo? Ah, geez. Well, you, the whole the whole history of Texas, you gotta laugh at a little bit. I mean, you kind of feel sad for or bad for the Mexicans, because the whole reason that people ended up here is because Mexico was given away free land to try and bring in some Westerners, uh, Europeans, because this whole territory was nothing but tumbleweed and Indians, American Indians i.e. native americans and so uh they they were doing offers and i can't remember how much it was 100 acres or something 100 acres of mule whatever it was mexico was the one that was enticing americans or anybody really 
to uh, homestead in this territory. And a bunch of guys from Tennessee and Kentucky took advantage of that because they got into a lot of bar fights back home. And uh, people said, you know, you ought to take up that deal with Mexico, you fucker. And so they all moved here. And once they did that, they're like, well, we don't want to learn Spanish. Right. Screw that shit. Let's just start up our own country. And uh, basically, you know, got into a war with Mexico. Uh, like relatively few people got into a war with Mexico. Um, and, uh, eventually ended up creating Texas by, uh, first losing and then winning. Uh, and then unfortunately, as Ben says, and I tend to agree with them, uh, they, they kept pestering the United States was trying to get them to accept Texas as a new state which there was a movement literally from day one of the creation of the Republic of Texas to join the union, not by everybody, but certainly by some people. And they kept failing over and over and over and over until finally there were some bribes paid and the, uh, uh, and I think the political conditions were right. Essentially uh, the, uh, the U S realized that if they don't, if they don't take Texas on as a state, uh, it's going to become a liability. Well, you look at the maps now. When these voting things happen, these elections happen. Mm-hmm. And when they color coat the country. It's like 98% red. It's mm-hmm. just that the, the little blue areas are like everybody living on top of each other. Yeah. And that's why the, the rich liberals call it flyover country. Uh-huh. Because then it's not places that anybody lives that you give a shit about. Those are, that's, you just fly over those places. Why don't we just take Texas? We build walls around uh, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, <laughs> and, uh-huh. just, and just create a new country that they're all their own mm-hmm. little uh, areas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've always been in favor of California seating. Always. Be, yeah. It would be better. I mean, they don't. I've always like been in favor of California people. sinking. Well, we could do that too. Mm-hmm. Like, can't we make that happen yet? Can't we? Well, we can. I mean, the the the, uh, the submarines, the Russian subs, definitely have the capability to build a tsunami big enough to sink California. But uh, you know, so far we haven't we haven't convinced Russia to do that. We haven't asked for Russia's help to do that yet. Uh huh. I know there was a lot of big news that Brittany Griner's being moved to a work camp somewhere in russia and there's siberia Ooh, that's not good that's yeah good. i don't you know she couldn't teach basketball and they're still going off on how they're you know illegal not illegally but you know detaining her without cause it's like but there is cause there's well and that's the irony is they in the mainstream media you love hearing this illegal war this illegal detainment it's like uh, what you that's an opinion dude you're you're literally contradicting facts and you're sticking in the word illegal in because it makes you feel good. Yes, because you believe it's wrong. Yeah, like, no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't do that. Therefore, it's illegal. It's mm-hmm. It's right. You know, it's like I it just blows my mind. But this is where mm-hmm. we're at. Yeah, because people somehow assume if you live in uh, if you're in your mom's basement in Portland, you're like, wait, they're wait. Why would they arrest somebody for having marijuana? That's not right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people, I don't know if 
people really grasp how very different parts of the world are. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think also people that are more public in the U S tend to get away with a lot more. You mean like meaning, meaning celebrities and yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's a ex- certain expectation, uh, of celebrities and by celebrities that, uh, you know, the laws apply to the little people, not the celebrities. Well, you can't get past the, the me too movement. Now the, and I have no idea what is true or what is not with this kind of stuff happening. Warren Beatty now that there's some woman that said when she was 14, he was inappropriate with her, but this is going back like 50 years. It's like, is there not a statute of limitations? Apparently not. I, I, I like the hashtag all women lie. Um, (laughs) everybody lies. Well, but it's true. And, uh, I think it's a hashtag that's time has come. Well, you see now that, and I think it was the same girl that was tied to Epstein mm-hmm. that there were the photos of her Guthrie or something like that, Virginia Guthrie that had the pictures with her and Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. I believe she was the one that had been accusing Alan Dershowitz as being somebody that was involved in this. Mm-hmm. And she swore up and down. Now he's been fighting this legally and she's finally now come around and said, you know, I was, it was a very trying time. I was very screwed up. I may have been incorrect about that. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you know, may this, have uh, been in, you this, know, this whole, this whole problem arises from the fact that we don't have legalized prostitution. Well, yes, but forget about that for a minute. The fact that you're accusing somebody and saying, yes, this person definitely did this. And then you come around after a while and go, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was somebody else. Well, this is the problem without having 100% proof when you go after somebody because this is ruining people's lives and it's on an accusation. And you're right. Everybody lies. So if you're willing to ruin somebody's life on an accusation, knowing the truth that everybody lies, then this is why the United States was originally put down as a nation of laws where you needed proof. You couldn't just say, oh, this person did this because this is for people who are lying knowingly, who are (laughs) willing to do whatever it takes to win that election, to make a lot of money. There's a big difference between somebody that got raped and somebody that used their sexuality to get something they wanted when they were in their 20s. Oh, totally. And the Me Too movement seemed to have completely uh flip that script on its head and in a lot of ways thanks to uh what's her name uh jenny depsax amber uh, amber heard who was one of the original me too liars yeah and she was smoking back in the day she was pretty good looking i mean i think she probably still clean herself up right now and uh look decent not looking great right now but she's got good genetics um and that's the problem is that Sometimes, not always, but sometimes people with good genetics really learn uh, how to be a psychopath. So do Which you have, she clearly do, do you is. Have good I, genetics? I'm positive she's a psychopath. I do, actually, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I have quite good genetics. Well, I think you're absolutely right on the Amber Heard concept. 
because also you're in that celebrity area. You see that people will believe you just because they want to believe you. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting thing. I still go back to this whole concept that equality is never going to exist. There's some gymnast. I don't remember her name. Cute little blonde gymnast Mm. that. Yes, that one. Right. Whatever her name is. There was a coach, like an old coach. That's a gymnast coach. Like this is bringing the sport back. You know, years, this is bad mm-hmm. for the sport. And not yet coming each. Right. No, that's not <laughs> her. She was she was older now. Oh, um, okay. But whoever this girl is now. Back in my day. Right. That was back in our day. And Mary Lou Retton. And that was oh, yeah. the now, though, this girl is making seven figures. I think it was like two million a year on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And the coach is mad about that. And I'm like, but. This has nothing to do with her yeah. when she's competing. This has nothing no. to do with her skills as a how, how many years do you think before women are going to start? And it's not just women on OnlyFans, but before women start suing OnlyFans for ruining their lives because they were vulnerable and young and stupid and decided to go on there and didn't realize what it would mean. And therefore, they get to sue OnlyFans. I don't think it'll be that long. I think it's going to happen very soon. It will. Yeah, it it will definitely happen. Because this this concept of not my fault in America is one of the things leading to the collapse of America. Yes, you made a choice. There's no accountability. And then you don't want to stand behind it. But in this case, this is a lot of money. I mean, this is a, a ton of money, millions of dollars. And the question is, why is she making this money? Yeah. It's not because she's skilled. It's not because she's a skilled gymnast. She's making it because she's hot. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's no other reason. And and that's okay. Right. I just, I think that uh, it is a trade-off. People are trading money for hotness. There, There's a... Ooh, money uh, for I, hotness. Now there's a show. Term. Right. I know, right? Money for hotness. Sounds like a good show. I'd watch that. <laughs> uh, there's a a YouTuber who is a guy who dresses like a girl. Um, I think the technical term would be transvestite, um, not gay, but for bringing the technical terms into this gene teaching. People well, you know, I'd, I'd like to make sure people use the, the right lingo here. Uh, but, um, and I, I've posted links to um, like, I don't know, a year ago or something to know on the social but occasionally pops up on my uh, recommended videos. Um, something so I, I got to catch up. I got to. Yeah, there you go. And uh, uh, so basically he was a gamer YouTuber. And then I don't know if it was a dare or some kind of drunk thing or something. But he ended up dressing as a girl for one of his YouTube videos while playing video games. And. um he has really good genetics. Like he has very feminine looking face and just in general, uh, is that considered good genetics for a male though? I mean, this is, I mean, in the normal world, if that's what your goal is, it's good for his goal. I guess. Yes. (laughs) So here's diary. He's into guns and knives and shit like that. And he doesn't even pretend to do a chick voice. So it's, it's very much a guy voice. But he's dressing in very much feminine clothes. 
And so he was doing this, you know, as on a lark or whatever. Um, not doing it in private life. Up. Donations went way up. <laughs> <clears throat> he was like a nobody YouTuber gamer. And then he became a, holy shit, oh, just check out this guy. This guy. So here's the thing. Late now, and he's gotten shockingly in what I've seen in the past is maybe like a thousand bucks in one, you know, uh, day's worth of uh, streaming. Like, damn, that's a good income. So I, I watched a couple of <laughs> videos last week. So you bought week. a lot of women's clothing. Yeah. So people are buying women's clothing for him. Yeah, absolutely. So right now he's got a guy who clearly has more money than, well, I, you know, whatever. I don't care what people spend money on. So this Obviously, guy you buy virtual spaceships. I know I buy virtual <laughs> spaceships. You know, technically, I, I guess I'm I've probably spent the equivalent to what this guy's spending, just not on other dudes. I've spent right. it on on pretend spaceships. Right. But Way he sent him uh, last month thirty thirty thousand dollars from one guy. Wow. One guy. And uh, he's getting, uh, you know, just pretty much anything in his size in the female rack on Amazon is showing up in the mail. Uh, and this guy is just the top donor guy. I mean, I'll bet you his income right now is around 50,000 to 60,000 a month. And all he's got to do for it is wear women's clothing. Now it may be, he's just hit on a, on a particular fetish. And I could totally see that of, you know, people. And I think by people, mostly men, who get off on being able to dress another guy up in girl clothing. Is this the point of the conversation, Gene, where you tell us what your dress size is? Oh, no, I think that that number, I don't even know what that number is, but I am sure it's pretty damn big. So, uh, no, I, I just think it's fascinating how much money people are willing to spend on things that are purely emotional for them you know what i mean and like right what's the benefit of this guy sending him 30 grand worth of donations well he's getting something for it but what he's getting is not physical it's purely psychological or emotional yeah and well, there and and i do remember from like six months ago in an interview with um god what's her name uh she's very famous chick that was on only fans good old what's her name oh gosh well you've been pretty good at guessing names um the disney chick no no no. she's something something blue or something something about Pe- people will know something who she is blue. but she's she's a british chick who dresses kind of like an anime character and, and crosses her eyes that's the best way i can describe what she's done um and she's, you know, reasonably attractive, but I'm not like the prettiest girl you've ever seen. But anyway, they had an interview with her and the radio station that was interviewing her said, look, obviously, we'll, you don't have, let me interrupt. What? Noah Jenna Millennial says Belle Delphine. Yes, absolutely. Belle wow. Delphine. Yeah, very good. So Belle Delphine uh, was interviewed by some British radio station, I think. And, and the guy said, look, you don't have to answer. But, you know, how much are you making from OnlyFans? And she said, right now, um, about 32 million. An hour. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> 32 million a year. I mean, that is a sizable corporation. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's a successful small business. Is the female only fans 
performer is a good word, I guess. Is that the equivalent to a stripper like 20 years ago when a guy oh, used to go into the strip it's club? A, and- it's a stripper who owns her own strip club and has <laughs> yes. thousands upon thousands of guys that she's doing lap dances for at the same time. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I think that in a lot of ways, this is symptomatic of the breaking apart of the family, the nuclear family. Uh, because if men are not spending their money to maintain their family units, they're going to spend their money on pleasurable things like video games, alcohol, and uh, women. And not even the women they're necessarily sleeping with. Uh, so I think that this is all tied into feminism. This is this whole idea that women are equal to men and therefore. Oh, no, they're women not. ought they're to like be able way, to work way better at making money. They're, than only they're fans. way more equal. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Hey, how about some uh, some parity of income on OnlyFans? Let's I make know. sure that everybody gets paid the same. No kidding, man. I have no only name mentions that that chick also uh, would sell her bathwater and something about killing mm-hmm. a dude with the bathwater. Yeah, that's all I she did sell bathwater <clears throat> like super successfully. I can't remember. It was something like 100 bucks an ounce or something. Yeah, for bath water and i just wish i would have figured out this whole only fans thing really early on back lorenzo. when you were dealing with all the prostitutes right well uh-huh. that's lorenzo rojo in the troll room at trollroom.io just said you know the playmate of the year used to get a car in 100k and yes yeah and the non-playmates of the year barely made anything which is why they were setting up their own websites back then but there mm-hmm. was no easy way and this all came down to funding i mean if we only had mm-hmm. streaming satoshis back then oh then that would have been a great way to get yeah that's not gonna support. pay the bills man 30 million a month versus a handful of satoshis no, i'm just saying if that would have been the case back then a nice easy way to move funds around because we didn't really even have that back then there well, was no I don't using think credit cards I don't- yet. <laughs> right you know this yeah. was a, a whole different yeah. system but damn, why didn't well, I Well, how see were you this? charging money back then? I mean, these were not free websites you were building, I assume. They were not, but I think a lot of it was sending in payments through to P.O. boxes. I think so there you, was... You, uh, you get a little preview, then you'd mail a check, wait for a week, and then get access? I think you could also take a credit card, but it was... Okay. Uh, I, I don't think there was PayPal yet. I don't remember who the... How well, the you don't need PayPal. You could have just processed it yourself if you set it up. Right. That's business through a uh you know if i'm not the only mis- thing paypal really did is allow non-businesses to process credit cards much easier yes and i see that a lot of businesses have now turned to zelle mm-hmm. because yeah. of the fact that zelle is bank to bank it's so they do not have to tell the irs about the transactions because they don't hold any of the money i guess this is what separates zelle from PayPal yeah, I think that's Venmo. an old wives' tale. I don't think that is a thing. I don't think that's at all true. Uh, what separates them otherwise? That's from what my understanding was reading on this. Zelle uh, is owned by the banking industry, unlike Visa and MasterCard. So <clears throat> it's a way to. Zelle was a response to not having to pay credit card transaction fees. That was the biggest thing. Because ba- ba- it's basically a cartel with, between the banks. Let's say, look, we'll send money uh, 
you know, from our customers, if you send money from your customers without charging us. And so it, it's effectively free to the banks, which means it's free to the individuals, at least for now. I'm sure somebody will start charging for it eventually. But what but separates for- them from if you send somebody money via mm-hmm. PayPal, they yep. are required by the government to put that down as a payment to like a company and you're going to get a tax form at the end of the year. Um, Zelle doesn't have that. <clears throat> they do. Well, it's all part of the same thing. PayPal is a bank. So when you send money via PayPal, you're really sending money through your bank account held by PayPal. And so what they're doing is they're providing your banking information to the IRS, essentially for PayPal. Your normal bank does that as well. So you just don't have PayPal involved, which doesn't mean the IRS is in the dark about any of these transactions. These are all transactions that show up in your main bank account. Correct, but there is nothing that is automatically being reported on it. Which yeah, every, is every transaction by your bank as of about two and a half years ago, every transaction over $100 is reported to the IRS. Which is makes sense, but I don't understand. Not really, why. but it is what it is. I mean, I know that's what they're doing, so this is yeah. why it, this is how it would affect the... It's just going from bank to bank without an intermediary, that's all. It is a bizarre world. There's no question about it for how all these things are different and how they're affected. The only way you can transfer money that's not going to show up anywhere is if you don't have a bank account number. Well, but it's not even the question of it showing up somewhere. It's the difference between and being able to separate. I could give him like, hey, Gene, I like you. It's your birthday. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's 500 bucks. Well, you don't have to put that down as income. But you do technically. I don't think you do as gifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah, a, gifts are taxable and the, there's, there's, there's certain provisions. There's certain provisions just like nobody pays use tax. If you got something without paying income uh, sales tax, you're technically still supposed to pay use tax on it. There's nobody ever does, but uh, there is, there are certain provisions and limits to what is allowable gifts. But you know, if you send me a gift of uh, a few thousand bucks, technically I got to pay tax on that. Now, Zell, let's see. They posted that they aren't required to send out a 1099 K because it's they're going they're from not your account to their account because it yeah. says because they're not an app and they don't hold yeah. your and money. PayPal. And this is, this is, I, I guarantee you it was going to be challenged in court. PayPal shouldn't be sending you a 1099 either because PayPal is a bank. It's an intermediary. Your account has your social security number. And, and, and maybe that's the thing is if they don't have your social security number, then they're going to send you a 1099. But if they have your social security number, then it's an account. It's not a, uh, it, it's not a transaction. Correct. <laughs> it says here, uh, we don't give, uh, we don't give, uh, financial or legal advice on this show. Just a reminder to everybody. The quote Ed- from Zell says the law governing 1099 does not require Zell to report transactions made Correct. on the Zell network to the IRS. On the and IRS, neither does PayPal. You can Pay- find information that reporting yeah. by third-party settlement organizations mm-hmm. applies only for transactions for the provision of goods or services settled yep. through a third-party payment network. Zell is not a third-party network Correct. to facilitate messaging between financial institutions. So. Yep. That's the difference. You don't you're you don't have a Zelle account. They're just what you're using. Exactly. To move. That's exactly right. You don't have a Zelle account. It Zelle is something that your current bank account has as a feature. 
it's not a third party. It's it's that's why I said Zelle is owned by created by banks to bypass credit cards. Which makes sense. But also the assumption that anything you get through PayPal is taxable income is also wrong because quite often PayPal is used for uh paying back loans or if you let's even small things like you go out to eat one guy picks up the tab everybody else sends him uh paypal for a few bucks that's not freaking income <laughs> no well this is it and this is on uh, terry savage's website who has been around for a long time uh, in different newspapers i've read her articles uh, mm-hmm. saying a key loophole under the current estate and gift tax law you are eligible to gift up to $16,000 a year to any number of people. And there is no tax consequences to the giver or the recipient of that gift, which means if you're selling a bunch of stuff through, you know, Facebook groups or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it's a personal payment that's being sent, you know, as long as it's like, well, that this is just a gift, you know, this isn't a sale. This is a gift of the person on the website. Well, if you remember, PayPal always has you check. Is this a gift Correct. or is this a sale? And they don't with PayPal. If you send it friends and family, I don't believe mm-hmm. that shows up on their tax forms. Then it's only yeah. if it is down as gifts and services with that, or I'm sorry, as products or right. services, because the difference there is, I mean, we really should all just stop using PayPal because they're an evil organization. They're all evil. But I, I suspect I probably have like 50, 60 transactions in PayPal every single month because I use them for things like ordering food online. So, well, so wait, there's, now there's more than 60 a month. That's like breakfast, lunch, well, dinner, I don't, dinner, third breakfast. I don't order three meals, dude. <laughs> Please. You got to order something for the uh, snakes. Oh, 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 okay. Update. Uh, remember on the last show we were doing, I uh, you correctly guessed the brand name of the cooker that I was ordering. Yes, the Kasori Air Fryer. Still don't have it. Why not? Amazon supposed to be 24-hour delivery. I was talking about it because I had already ordered it the day before the show, and it got lost in the mail. So Whoa, what was it? Uh, it can't be never an Amazon up. shipper then. It was UPS or something. Ah, uh, it was Amazon. Um, it was, but I think it was like Amazon, but shipped through the normal shipping. So after a few days, I kind of bitched them and they're like, oh, well, wait a couple more days. It should show up. Sorry about that. (laughs) You're like, no. Anyway, never showed up. So finally, like two days ago, the option changed to lost in the mail. We're sorry. Would you like to reorder? So I'm like, God damn it. Okay. So I finally reordered it and supposed to show up today now, according to the. I was schedule. considering ordering a new one because we've had ours for like two years. There's a new oh, okay. version out. That's probably the one I got. And the new version allegedly like even cooks 20% faster, which I'm wondering, how do you do that in an air fryer? Yeah, you, you blow more. I guess. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a temperature. There's a fan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know how you make it cook. Any I think faster. that's honestly, I think that's exactly what it is. It's just a faster fan. More airflow and that speeds things up. Yeah, it could make sense. Yeah, I think so. I'm not a physicist because you're, you're trying to get as much air to the food to warm the food up per second. So the higher the airflow of a particular temperature, the more, uh, warmth, the more energy will get transferred to the food itself. 
Well, hopefully you'll get that soon. It is a great air fryer. I, I I'm looking forward, it. man. I'm looking forward to a square basket. Yes. That's the main thing because my round basket has just been a pain in the ass. The square basket. I mean, there's enough room. But while I'm, while I'm waiting for that, I've, I've actually made stew a couple of times. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's getting cold here. Dude, it's, it's in the 70s today. Uh, so it's already cold. And uh, it's supposed to drop to 39 tonight. Oh, like here. It was 75 yesterday, right mm-hmm. now 45. There you go. And tomorrow highs in the 30s. So winter's here. Wow. Yeah. I think it's coming here as well, which is, uh, I mean, it's, it's good. It's about time. It's been a long ass summer. That basket that was big enough that we had a rotisserie chicken that we got, you know, the pre-made ones at the mm-hmm. store. Yep. It'll fit in that basket. Wow. So it's like if you want to like reheat that thing up or if you bring it from the store and it's a little cool, you throw that thing in there for about five, now, 10 minutes get the, and it heats it up that skin. Oh, it's good. Do you get the regular size ones from grocery stores or do you get the insane jumbo ones from Costco? The, just the regular. I don't think we've ever gotten one no. from Costco. I did buy a whole chicken a uh-huh. few weeks ago, but it was way too big for the air fryer. So I just had to put yeah. it in the oven for like two and a half hours. But that was still... Wow. It's so easy to do. I don't, you know, I don't know why I've never done that before. I, I just, I love making soup in the uh, pressure cooker. It's like 15, 20 minutes and it's super tender. Cooking tips right here on unrelenting. Well, you got to use these things, right? Cause I yeah. probably pull out the pressure cooker like once a quarter and then, uh, and you pull it, it a couple out times and you and use it, it a lot away. that it, yeah, it goes away. Yeah, it's mostly sits in the cupboard, like not really getting used. But it's like my popcorn maker. You know, it's it's yeah. There you go. I just bought I bought popcorn for the first time in probably three years just recently. You know what the trick to making the perfect at home popcorn to make it taste just like the movie theater does? What's that? Coconut oil. Yeah, I like coconut oil. That's good. You use that with the in the uh, little. You know, it's one of these nothing. It's a hot plate with a little stick that spins around. That is the grand mm-hmm. total of the mechanics of this thing. Mm-hmm. But it's use, like an ice, ice cream churner. Uh-huh. Using, well, just so it doesn't stick to the bottom and all this. Mm-hmm. But it does make a difference. I was surprised that the coconut oil, rather than just using a little butter or whatever other kind of oil to make the popcorn, it makes a huge difference with the taste. Mm. I don't know if it's any better or worse for you, but there you go. Uh, well, they don't use coconut oil, but uh, that's good if you can find something that you like the taste of. Oh, you got to use it, man. Yeah. You got to do it. I love coconut oil. I've been using it for a, for a long time because it has a very high uh, burn flashpoint. So, Which is also a plus. So you don't want to burn your house down. It doesn't typically smoke. And, uh, like if you get to a point where you have smoke coming out of your coconut oil, your walk might be a little, you're too doing high something up. wrong. Yeah. yeah. Cause it really should not ever get to that point. <clears throat> and once you have smoke, all it takes is a spark and you got fire. And then you've got a you're problem. Yeah, yeah. It's like having it's a Tesla problem. in the garage. Exactly. Just like that. Yeah. During a rainstorm inside <laughs> the garage. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. You do not want that. And I know people no. are now mad. They're like, the, the, I guess the Tesla is like the new MAGA hat because of Elon. Now everybody's, you know, uh-huh. what? is Elon turning into the new Trump? Is he going to be the new guy yeah. that it's, everyone hates? Uh huh. 
Yeah, I think so. He's going to be the new Nazi, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Well, he is South African. So everybody with a Tesla is now going to be like, I got to get rid of the, you know, every Tesla is cheap. Every single interview that I've seen with people that used to work at Twitter starts with, well, I don't know how I'm going to be able to afford my Tesla now. (laughs) Because they're all getting like 180 grand a year for sitting at home, not working. So they, uh, they're not making the OnlyFans money yet. That Oh, no, no. I think, I don't know if any of them can. Maybe, I'm sure some can. You know, there, there are people that I guess could be decent looking working at Twitter. But uh, but, but what are we going to do about this inequity for hot chicks making more money? This can't stand. I know. That's, I, <clears throat> I got to imagine the women are just really mad about this right now. Because they, they all want equity. Done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something has to be done. I think OnlyFans just need to take all the money in and then split it evenly amongst all the people that are on there. Right. OnlyFans slash Sergene. And like, then make like sure that. Yeah. And then make sure that everyone's paid fairly, which it can only happen if you combine all the tips coming in. Yes. It doesn't matter if you have two people on your list mm-hmm. or two million. You're going to get the same amount of money. It's like a tip jar at a restaurant. Everybody mm-hmm. splits the tips. Yep. They're all there exactly. making the salad for you, you know? Yeah. Or, or sneezing into it or coughing into it or whatever. Yeah. It depends. Depends on how you treat your, your waitress. Does it though? No, probably not. I've never worked in the food industry and I'm happy about that fact. Mm-hmm. You're oblivious to it. What's actually happening. Exactly. And I'm a better, well, I wow. would rather make my own food most of the time. Yeah. There you go. I, I tend to agree with that, except for the times that I don't. Except for all of the times you order food for somebody to bring to your front door. <laughs> I do enjoy the food at my front door. You know, that that this is a function of fucking COVID. I never used to do this. This really- I always thought it was stupid to pay <laughs> money for delivery. Like, I can get in my own goddamn car, drive down and pick up the food and eat it there or bring it back or whatever. It was just not a big deal to go anywhere. And then during COVID, uh, a lot of places just were closed for in restaurant food, but they were still, their kitchen was open. And so way more places started having delivery available. And of course you get Uber Eats and uh, the, uh, what is it? Food Grubhub and all these other places. Right. And consequently I started getting used to the fact that I could just, you know, flip through a bunch of web pages, find something that looks good and have it here about an hour later. And it's a hard habit to break because it's so goddamn convenient. And my meat, like I eat a different meal every single day from a different restaurant. And you never have to leave the house. And, and it's not like I don't want to leave the house. It just, I'm so used to it. Now it kind of feels like, well, I wouldn't even know where to drive to if I had to go (laughs) and buy food now. (laughs) Like where, where are these restaurants I keep getting food from? Uh huh. Uh huh. And I, I've, generally i mean i've worked from home for a damn long time um or at least you know mostly from home like i've had clients where i fly out there for a week and then i'm home for a couple of weeks and they fly out again for a week but um but even when i was doing that i've i've never before covid was ordering food delivery with the exception of pizza well and covid started well, maybe not started, but really accelerated the whole concept of ghost kitchens, which I mm, think yeah. is fantastic, which is the restaurant doesn't actually exist anywhere yep. but yep. on the app. 
Mm-hmm. You can't drive up to it because this, it, yeah. this great Chinese food you're ordering is coming out of the back of a Mexican place. There's a there's a place that opened up a few miles from here that is, I think, one of the new concepts uh, that's being created now as a result of this, which is basically what would have been a restaurant, but it is literally just a kitchen. It is a restaurant minus any of the actual seating area. So it's only meant for pickup and drop off, but it's, it's not like a food truck. It's not a hole in the wall. It's a McDonald's sized pure kitchen. And I mean, they they have much better food than McDonald's, but it's, it's like size wise. It's a building that size that just houses a kitchen. And you could do anything out of that. And they do. And I think they're, they're actually, they're building them and then they're renting them out to whoever, you know, wants to rent their kitchen on a month to month basis to cook food and sell it. Right. You get your little station. So that way, if you have your Mm -hmm. own specialty, you are now a restaurant. Yeah. You're on Uber Eats. Boom. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I think the other big business that's kind of benefited from this is photography because all these little hole in the wall places now. Even the crappy ones, uh, and by crappy, I mean not quality of food, but just size of business, they all have beautiful food photos, if you like. Like, they don't even have plates because they don't serve people at their location. But yet on Uber Eats, all their food is plated absolutely beautifully and with good light. And right. so absolutely there are companies that are like, Hey, you want to do Uber Eats? We have the $5,000 package for you. That'll make your food look like it's a top tier restaurant. Oh yeah. Who would have thought food photography would be big, right? Uh huh. It's kind of like drone photography for real estate. Like yeah. that was the thing that really brought drones into mainstream was real estate. Oh yeah. Which you can't not see those now. If you go looking at any oh, home, absolutely. For sale, it's, it's all got flying footage now. Yeah. You have to have it along with the really uh, whatever the lens is that makes every room look five yes, times huge, the size. Yeah, it looks huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's these are rectilinear wide angle lenses. That's what they're called. Uh, so they're wide angle, but they're not fisheye. So in the fisheye, you got wide angle, but everything's like curved. Right. You can see the distortion. Yeah. So what this lens does is it. It's why it's called rectilinear. Is it does the same zoom out kind of view same perspective wide angle but all the lines are straight it is an illusion eh, it's not an illusion it's it's what your eyeball would actually see it's closer to what your eyeball we don't see curves out of our right. eyeballs but when you look at the photos online you're like I mean, wow those rooms might. are huge and then you walk into it and you're like yeah. oh, it was a closet yeah. <laughs> what? well and but you got to keep in mind like these photos are taken from the top left corner of the room right and you can literally see the wall that's five inches away so what you're because that's an unusual lens to use we're not we're just not used to it uh we're assuming that well if you can see something five inches away that means the camera is like five feet away it's five feet back right not so but it's but it's not it's literally showing you if you stick your head right in the corner and look around, you'll pretty much see the same thing that that camera seeing. And I always wonder, you know, if there's a big difference with people then go look in the house. Obviously, it works because they're using it everywhere. People are buying houses sight unseen, at least here yeah. in Austin. Well, here, too. 
I don't know if that's still the case, but it was. Yeah. I think the market is cooling. I think it's still a pretty good market here in Austin for a seller, but it is cooling. Um, but our, we have had an artificially high market, literally pricing, housing prices have doubled in three years. Yeah, which is a um, little bit uh, a little high inflationary there. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, a little bit. But but that's happened in a big way because all the Californians are selling their their 1950s two bedroom houses for 1.8 million in California, and then moving to Austin, going what for like a million five? I can get a three bedroom. Right. So that's what that's everybody a hell in of a deal. Let's keep raising the prices. Oh, absolutely. That's why I started building smaller houses, but keeping the prices the same. Supply and demand, baby. It is a beautiful thing. There, yeah. I mean, the number of million dollar houses that are under 1,500 square feet right now is huge. Well, that was at the time we were thinking of moving to the Nashville area. That was before oh, the yeah. property there went nuts. And it was like, oh, it's nuts. What we can get here as opposed to what you can get there, it's not even close. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it totally. all depends what you want. I mean, I wish I would have gotten the hell out of Illinois because there's really no. I know. So do I, man. I mean, it's just like I worry about you with all that crime and pestilence and, you know, evil things going on there all the time. Hey, I am locked and loaded, man. I've got, uh, as I like to point out, I think what there are three or four guns within arm's length when I'm uh, we're very close. A little over well, every podcast. <laughs> I have three or four guns with them. Like, yes, because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, I'm feeling a little inadequate here. I've only got one where I'm sitting. As long as you can get to it, that is, uh, that is it. I could just see, you know, uh, you know, if somebody comes through the front door, you got to be ready. My uh, buddy Rob. Well, I just have a shotgun pointed at the front door permanently. Oh, well, that works too. And so just in case. My buddy Ron, God rest his I think soul. My, my Amazon uh, Alexa can trigger it. Oh. Well, that's that's a little more dangerous because that thing does not always recognize the correct words. Oh, mine speaks Russian. Oh, you wait, you you made your Alexa speak Russian. Oh, yeah. You can pick language. You didn't know that. No. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, see, now, if you speak a language that most people don't, that will mm-hmm. be in your home. That is very convenient because then somebody probably well, that's what you do with trigger. the dogs. Like right. most police dogs actually speak Croatian or um what's the other place a lot of them come from uh serbia They're, the dogs usually speak croatian or serbian and so the cops have to learn the command words i don't know if the dogs actually speak those languages but i understand what well, you're they, saying they understand that language <laughs> they, they don't they speak woof woof <laughs> but they understand croatian or serbian most yeah. german shepherds that are in u.s police departments are not born in the u.s they're immigrants they're not born in the usa no definitely not but uh, my buddy Ron uh, said years ago that he pretty mm. much predicted no, this the, way, is the dead guy. Yes. Yes. He was always a lot of fun. He, he was the one that predicted that my wife and I, once we both got our uh, got our uh, six hours, that it mm-hmm. was all going to end very much like that uh, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie movie it was Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Oh, yeah. That yeah. we'd be like sliding across the wood floors while firing mm-hmm. at each other. That was a fun movie. I remember watching that shortly before I got divorced. And <laughs> well, see, that probably helped. Yeah. And I was like, huh. Yeah, she is pretty good at the gun range. Yeah. You got to be careful then. Uh huh. Because you can't uh-huh. outrun a, you can't outrun a bullet. 
Well, if you're into Kung Fu, you can. Oh, yeah. You could just swipe it right out of the air. Kung Fu. You just kind of know you're going to, you know, tilt your head or lean back and let the bullets fly above you. I've been playing a little too much Cyberpunk, apparently, because I, I know how to uh, get out of bullets. Wait. Are you still playing that game? That's still. I am still playing. I'm I'm 350 hours into it. 350 hours now you do that low. math dude that's a i think i paid 50 bucks for it maybe 60 well that's 60. way better than a hooker i mean that's better than any form of entertainment i can think of for the money it's is it the rarity though how many games do you buy and then you're like this sucks and it like after two hours you're done uh, it's half probably half see that's it you just get so in those cases it's really just good marketing that gets you in yeah, it's it's like I either watch somebody playing it or they or it literally is just like good marketing on uh, Steam. There's like, oh, this looks like a neat game. And you get into it. And you're like, what the fuck? This is confusing as hell. You're like the main character in the game looks yeah. like Scarlett Johansson. And then that wears off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this game, one of the main well, one of my created characters definitely looks like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Pfeiffer says there are definitely just satisfying hookers too sounds like that's an experienced uh experienced uh statement there from game player yeah, yeah from different game sure there's no hookers in that game what are you talking about <laughs> I think he's playing the game of life oh okay there are definitely a few hookers in the game of life that's true yeah um but I, I i just i love the 80s retro vibe that game has it's like future 80s Right, well, that's what all the whole steampunk concept is. Mm-hmm. But no, steampunk is like future, future but 1910s. Retro future. Well, yeah, right. The original. Yeah. So you're just mm-hmm. taking that concept and putting it into the 1980s. It's a cyberpunk, not steampunk. You would just live in the 1980s if you could. I did live in the 1980s. I mean, it was a good I mean, time. For eternity. I mean, your idea of heaven is oh, yeah, living yeah, yeah. in the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would to- if I had to pick a single decade to repeat over and over, I would definitely pick the 80s. But would you play it exactly the same every time? No, of course not. Every, every time you play it slightly differently. That's the beauty of playing a game like this. So I've played, you know, 300 some hours, whatever. What does that actually mean? Well, I've played now the, through the game. So it's a game playthrough. I think this is, I'm on my fifth one. And each time you try things that that are different than what you did last time, because that's what makes it fun. It's like, well, what if I would have done this? How much difference does that make? What if I, instead of being like really good at shooting, I'm really good at hacking or I'm really good at uh, ninja skills. And every one, it's like uh, those old books where you could choose your own adventure mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm going to yeah. go in as a different character and see how I love works. those books. Yeah, th- those were great. They're still around. There was, I saw not too long ago, there is a website or program, I forget which, whether it was online or something you actually mm-hmm. had to download, but it was a way to make those. So it was the computerized version of that, which mm-hmm. I'm like, that is fantastic. I wrote software that did that in 87. It's like, it seems so mind bending that you have to remember then because there's all these little basically vignettes that you have to make sense. You can't like have something, a choice you made earlier, come back and burn you. So it's, there are just so many choices. It's, it is like a lot of the sci-fi that tries Mm -hmm. to decipher this, like, well, what would have happened if this one little thing would have changed? 
And they'd like to get, I think this is one of the thing where I tend to agree with the way they did it in cyberpunk, which is that certain small choices end up opening up new paths, but also there are plenty of path conversions or is to it bring it back to convergences is the word I'm trying to spit out here. Yes. Yeah. That bring you back. So you may have picked the different, two different choices and they have different consequences. And then you go through that path. But then later, those two paths both converge so that the end result is the same. And Which I think that's actually true. That's, that's the part I think everybody forgets about in real life as well is this, oh, the butterfly effect. You know, the smallest thing can have a huge difference. Yes, but, but that doesn't just work in one direction. It works in both directions, which means huge differences in actions can result in a tiny change in outcome yeah i mean if i can give a little bit of a spoiler corollary right here everybody their game of life is all gonna end the same way you're going to die well for all you all (laughs) oh i forgot you're a vampire (laughs) this is why we see photos of gene in the 1800s and and that one in the mirror well of course if you ever Uh walk by a mirror when you're next to gene just you'll be like "Eh." Wouldn't doubt it. Just like that. Just, Just like that. Like that. Go exactly. on one of those. What's the Disney ride? The Haunted Mansion. Go on that with Disney's Gene. going out of business. You Yay. See Yay. All for that. I think we get, we have some new real estate in Florida. that's going to be opening up. Pedo land. Pedo land. Yeah. Pedo land can get the re districted. And it's sad because I used to Not be a big all. Disney fan. I mean, it was back in the day as a kid. Never, never. I never was. been a fan. Mm-mm. I was a big fan. And it's, I mean, the Daffy Duck and the Nazi uniform cartoons were pretty funny, but other than that, just not a fan. That's your takeaway of Disney, huh? Pretty Daffy, much. Daffy Duck. Yeah. And the, yeah, he's making pro-Nazi propaganda in the 30s. They have a two-day experience, which is based around the Star Wars universe, which seemed like a really mm-hmm. cool idea. Again, going back to Kid Me, this would have been the ultimate being able, this would be like somebody coming up with an area that is you know the size of a large football stadium with all different types of uh, you know rooms and restaurant mm-hmm. if you could go into something like that that would recreate the 80s you would dig it living in that being able to be like a back to the future right. experience for two days right you know like everything was back to the way the 1980s all the yeah. dress all of the you know everything this is what they did with star wars and they mm-hmm. were charging, I think, like six grand per person or something crazy mm. like that. And it turns out they're like at quarter capacity now. There's mm-hmm. like three quarters not filled. They're cutting things out. The The thing is just failing miserably. It's a good time to be rich right now because yeah, normal well, people like don't have the money to do a lot of things that they used to be able to do. Thanks, Biden. Um it's to go go brandon so if you are rich and i don't mean like you know you make decent money by rich i mean you're not working for a living you're not working you're, and you have millions in the bank or yeah you're you're living in. off investment income i guess that's the distinction right so if you live off investment income rather than you're earning money by selling your time which i am definitely selling my time uh you know podcasting yeah 
Yeah, selling my time on podcasting. Maybe one of these days I'll get to a minimum wage. Probably not. No, I mean, today, if we're going two hours, I think we're yeah. each making like two bucks an hour. That's fair. <laughs> fair to who? Well, it's fair for the value we provide, I think. Yeah, well, it is. That's it. This is the value I mean, for value model. Think about it. We're basically talking on a phone call. Who else is getting paid to be talking on a phone call? <laughs> this is true. You know, there's a lot of we're people not that doing talk and don't mass get amounts. Of, yeah, exactly. Most people. We're not doing these mass amounts of research and writing stories. And God forbid I ever do a podcast where I write a script of what I'm going to say. That's work. <laughs> I'm not going to work, man. This is not about work. This is about having a conversation. Oh, I agree. And that's the yeah. way I like to do all my shows. Speaking of working, um, it, uh, okay, sorry. Let me pivot. Can I pivot? I'm like, what this something? segue is now. Yeah, sure. P- pivot, okay. pivot away. So here's my pivot is an ad for my other show. Oh no. The dude <laughs> named Ben, named Ben, the good old boys. So did you, well, I've got the good old boys, right? Which is taken off on its own, slowly rebuilding with a new RSS. I think we're, we're at about half the listeners that we were with Sir Gene, but that's totally, totally understandable. These are people that, basically that, after yeah that don't like doing after three bad. episodes no no it's just people that i think the people that actually listen have figured out to move the rss the people that have the rss downloading but don't actually listen to the show aka bots they have oh, not done that true. right because they haven't been able to no, they don't listen so they're like oh whatever but i'm still doing sir gene i'm just doing it with other bends i don't know if you've noticed so i've had now two other bends name ben wait so gene speaks is still on it's still a show hell yeah absolutely you should listen yeah i should really you probably talk um, bad about me over there i do all the time <laughs> and uh and then this is my other brother daryl exactly uh, how many brother daryls have you found so far yeah exactly. well i found two other bens that are bens which is hilarious so, so I, okay i want to have you on a show with three mm-hmm. guys named ben uh well i've had a show with i mean there have been three separate episodes right but I've no, had three I episodes all three together all three at the same time right so bad what do you think about yeah, what do you think ben <laughs> exactly um but you know since i'm not doing the show with a uh, dude named ben here in texas that i was doing because that's on its own feed now um i've now done two episodes with two other bens i'm gonna have i'll preview a couple other people i'm gonna have I'm going to have uh, the uh, dude named Gwiff on. He's just a uh, owner of a, a few uh, bars out in the UK. Is he really uh, a, something like that? He's an actor. He's, is he a dude? I didn't think um, he was a Ben. It's, no, he's not a Ben. No, he's a dude named Gwiff, oh, not a dude named Ben. Gwiff, I got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then we might just get somebody who's uh, very angry and pissed off and likes tech. Oh, Ben Rose. Come on as a guest as well. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Not Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from Kent? No. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, is this true? Is this true? Breaking news. Baron Spud the Mighty. Gallagher dead. Is that true? I always like Gallagher. Uh, well, what are all those watermelons going to do? I know. They're like, oh, we're saved. <laughs> we're saved. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, he was hilarious. I think, I mean, I just kind of assumed he died like 30 well, years ago. ago. Right. Like, we haven't heard from him. So, I he was in the car with Sam hmm. Kinison. I don't know. Somebody else just died recently. Um, so, congratulations. Welcome to the new world. I mean, it's, this is called getting old, is 
people that you can't even remember are dying around you. Well, they're dying younger and younger. Coy Gibbs, son of Joe Gibbs. No, that's father not. of uh, Ty Gibbs, who just won the NASCAR Xfinity series. That's somebody else that was just like somebody I assumed it was already dead. I just heard just died. You're like, I'm surprised they were still around. Yeah, it was like some actor. I think some actor just died in this last week that I was assumed was already dead. Who did Gene think was already dead? Vote now. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Think about it. But I, it was clearly not enough of a uh, impact on me to remember a couple of days later. Right. But who it was, you're like, ah, somebody, uh, somebody died. Yeah, I, w- I would say you won't see them in the movies anymore. But with AI and the, the ability to insert dead people into. Uh, I think that's going to get much better. I, I'm going to predict right now we're going to see. Marilyn Monroe in a movie probably in the next five years. That seems fair to me. That does. They have enough content of her to generate a facsimile. And all it's going to take, I would guess, would be her estate to give the okay. It may have been long enough that that's no longer needed. Oh, you know what? This opens up a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. When it comes to copyright law and Uh trademark and all of that. Yeah, because she was not a Disney. She was not a Disney property, so she has. She doesn't have a hundred year trademark, right? But does an individual person? I mean, the fact that it's like, well, okay, after X amount of years, well, we can, can we just, make a movie about Abraham Lincoln? Well, you can make a movie about them, but you can't yeah. use their actual likeness, which would be the well, difference. You can make why a can't movie you? Why, what if you use a computer generated, synthesized, totally accurate Abraham Lincoln? Now, as a uh, as a president, I'm sure there's a certain amount that is public domain as we yeah, talked as about an actors the, everything's public the messages that uh, the white house puts out but as somebody's likeness i don't know that just seems very creepy to me that you could take somebody's likeness and be like ah we'll just have this thing this recreation do things that maybe the original person would but not dude, have okay literally every movie that is based on historical people is that right but it's not using the actual person the actual person's computer program using what, their what? image you know it's an actress or actor playing the part yeah and i'm pretty sure the real Marilyn is not going to play the fake Marilyn. well but you there's no difference you're creating a difference could. where none exists i thought you're saying you're going to see the Marilyn monroe yeah her exact likeness yeah exactly being used movie. well that's the difference yeah. i don't know what the legalities would be at that there's point. nothing it's totally open there's no, no there's no way no. it's totally open totally not in this no. country no way you, with all the, person, with all of the stuff with copyright laws and stuff you can't just be like oh that person's dead i can now assume their identity and ai them to the world so you're saying that in the united states there's never been a cartoon or a computer generated image cartoon of a dead is person. different no difference. That's it all is. that it is. It's just a super People high quality look cartoon. At a cartoon and go, oh, that's the I don't real care person. what they look like. You're talking about feelings here. No, no. The reality is there's no the difference between a cartoon. A cartoon. No difference between a cartoon image. No, that would be different. This is a high resolution, high quality cartoon. Well, yeah, Computer generated art still look like cartoons. Is a cartoon. To you, does a high resolution cartoon look like reality? Because that absolutely not, that's not how absolutely. a cartoon looks like. Yes, to me. it is. You know, I, I okay, old man. I don't think you know what a cartoon is then. No, because a cartoon is anything. I we're going back to Daffy is, Duck, nineteen thirty nine, in the Nazi uniform. That's a cartoon. That is a likeness. That is a true to life likeness. 
did Daffy Duck give his permission to be in a Nazi uniform? You're okay. So now you're going down the rabbit hole that there was a Daffy Duck. Were you saying there wasn't a Daffy Duck? I, I, was there a was there a Pluto? Was there a Goofy? Was there a absolutely no? I they actually have yeah Pluto is stuffed. That was uh that was what's his face's dog. That's a historical fact. Damn. Well, the dog Disney's should be dog. paid a lot. <laughs> Got something. Uh, no cartoon is anything that is does not exist in the real world. It's something that is created by people. It's art. As is something that is a photorealistic. There have been plenty of photorealistic cartoons out there. But it, I guess it would depend on how it is being labeled, which I know is really doesn't make that much of a difference. But if you're like, this is a brand new Marilyn Monroe movie, then no. Now, I mean, the technology is there to make this happen. Mm-hmm. We saw that with Star Wars again, which was right when they started really going downhill like oh carrie fisher's dead no problem we can uh we can ai her into this yeah there you go perfect example and it was very creepy then and i don't know if people would like this or not but it's but it it, is the, t- the tech is thing. getting better and better man oh the technology that, that is tech. great i mean and it's going to keep getting better which everybody that wants to be an actor or actress or voice actor and yeah. actress uh, anybody that wants to be in that sphere it's like you're done there's no reason to even care about you because the minute i can take a virtual character whether it looks like marilyn here's the beautiful thing about it there's there's that but there's very few people that mm-hmm. have that kind of iconic status i could just take the marilyn monroe image I could just tweak it a little. So it's a really hot blonde, but it's not Marilyn Monroe anymore. It's different enough, but it's a person that has never existed in reality that doesn't have to be paid. Right. You know, these playmates even going back, oh, they were paid a hundred thousand a year to be playmate of the year. It's like Mm -hmm. real women are never going to win this anymore because virtual reality and the AI is going to do a much better job. And I do believe we're the get real to person point. probably. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Um, there's a movie that came out in the eighties. Of course, we're right back to Gene in the eighties. I know. This right? is why I, I, I believe it was called weird Looker. Science. No, okay. Looker, I think I thought you were thinking of weird science because um, really as a kid, was that not the, well, you were older than I was in the eighties, but you know, the mm-hmm. whole concept that you could like go onto your computer and you could type a little bit and then uh, Kelly Brock would show up. That was a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a cool idea. And uh, I mean, creating your own sex goddess in your closet for a teenager. So, I mean, what could be better? Nothing. Yeah. You're like, and then when they're playing with her boobs, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like the size, they're moving the slider back and forth to make it bigger and smaller. Yes. Like ridiculously big. And you're like, whoa. whoa." And you're like, I'll literally, you'd literally do that in cyberpunk. When you first create your character, you're like, how big of a boobs would you like on this character? Nice. Um, yeah, the movie, I believe, was called Looker. And it was a, a movie came out in the early 80s about uh, actors that are getting scanned, digitized by Hollywood, and then ending up dying. And then uh, 
this guy and the main character in the movie is like investigating if there's any foul play involved to these actors' deaths because the one commonality they had is they were all actors that had gone through the scanning thing. And it's so, so basically, to spoil the, the plot of the movie, essentially what he finds out is there's a plot by this Hollywood company to get rid of actors so they can just use them for free. And uh, so they have, and this is the bit that's kind of hilarious is they have real actors, real people get plastic surgery to fix all imperfections. And then they scan them and then they kill them. It's like, what, why wouldn't you just fix the imperfections digitally? It's much easier and cheaper <laughs> because they didn't and, have and the better. computer power back then. Apparently they, they, they predicted enough computer power to be able to fully scan a person, which you can literally go and do that at most malls now, if, if those things still exist. Uh, a lot of malls will have the, the 3D camera setups to where it's, it's basically you, you're inside of a little tiny small room that has like 30 or 60 or 80 cameras around you that generates a full 3D model of your head. And then, you know, they can print that in a little plastic thing or some other you know, it's a little tchotchke thing. It's useless, but it's a way to get some money out of you. It says this uh, movie Looker was the first film ever to create 3D shading with a computer that produced the first ever CGI human character. Uh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. It achieved the feat before Disney's more famous Tron hit the screens. Oh, what year did that come out? 19. I think it was early 80s. Yes, it was, day really? was the. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, little miss partridge who is uh, the guy in that movie because he was a, a famous like b actor yeah james coburn was that it yeah he's uh okay. and then there was albert finney as well but, yeah but james coburn's the one that kind of jumps out for me because he was a uh a pretty famous yeah actor and uh yeah yeah it was an interesting movie um it made you think just like uh, i hadn't seen it since the 80s so i really don't recall much more than what i just said about it whether it holds up or not probably doesn't uh but uh in the 80s it seemed like kind of a neat sci-fi sort of a thriller is it sad or is it uh satisfying when you go back to a science fiction movie from the 70s or 80s and go yeah they had no idea well, I did rewatch Logan's Run recently, Ooh. and I thought, holy shit, that's a much better movie than everything coming out today. Well, that's not a high bar. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very low bar. It's kind of a low bar, but they had a lot of high techy stuff. They had, Jesus, I don't think most PG movies have clothes like they had in that movie. They're basically see-through chiffon clothes. Which is why a young Gene Neftuliev enjoyed Logan's Run. Uh, even an old Gene Nathalie <laughs> enjoyed Logan's Run. Uh, no, yeah. that was that. That was uh, I remember that when that movie was made, that was one of the complaints that the um, the the main actress chick that was in it had was that like she didn't realize she'd be naked for the entire movie. Like surprise, uh-huh. <laughs> she wasn't technically naked. She was wearing pantyhose and she was wearing uh. This like see-through chiffon kind of flowy shirt thing from nineteen seventy-six. Logan's Run, yeah, and Peter Ustinov was that, yeah, which I've always enjoyed him. He, you know, his grandfather was the cook 
of the um, uh, Nicholas II, the last Tsar of Russia. Oh, well, this yeah. is definitely a family the connection, connection there. right? Yes. <laughs> Exactly. The, the Nevtuliev. People don't know the Nevtuliev line. You had to uh, escape out of Russia because you were next that's, in line to the. true. Next in line to nothing. Exactly. <laughs> that's okay, right. There's was. another next great title of the show. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, that Peter Ustinov's grandfather was the last cook of the last uh, Tsar of Russia. And Putin's grandfather was the first cook of Lenin. Ooh. Yeah, there's a whole grandfather's cooking thing going on here. I don't know if I want to try unraveling that or not. Well, I don't know. It's just a random fact that doesn't really, you know, add anything to your knowledge base. A random thought, if you will. It's it's something that'll never come up in a Trivial Pursuit game, which is a great game from the 80s. Oh, right. Which you can still play and then argue about whether the results are still accurate for for the questions. A lot of those have been. I can imagine there's a computerized version of it. There would have to be because that used to be a fun game, but board games was overall, a, kind of. I think it was a very fun game because I I tend to have a good memory for useless facts. Yeah, pretty much for yeah. Exactly. So you dominate. There's every, every game is way more fun when you dominate. Yeah, isn't that the case? Uh huh. <laughs> you know, like my dad would always beat the hell out of everybody in Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, but then yeah. when something came out like, oh, here's the box of nothing but Beatles questions, it's like, uh, uh no yeah. idea. Yeah, there were definitely like the sports edition of Trivial Pursuit. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, not going to play that. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Or nope. you could mix I'll and match. Yeah. But board games used to be so much fun, but the computers ruined all that or made it better. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't go to that part. No, I think there was a early computer game i want to say in the late 90s early 2000s that was kind of a trivial pursuity game that was very cute looking it it had like a computerized uh game host and then <clears throat> it would have a question and then multiple people can hit the different keys on the keyboard depending on who's answering the question uh i don't remember what it was called but it was a uh uh, I thought it was pretty fun. It was just well done. It was done in a sort of a 1950s looking style. Oh, so yeah, the retro thing going on. Yeah. With a very excited kind of computerized uh, host that and was also a smart ass host. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I enjoy smart ass. There is a game actually called smart ass, which is a trivia kind of game. Oh, which is maybe a that was it. It wasn't. It was not. Uh, it's a board game, though. Oh, oh OK. No, no, that's not it. then. Which was yeah, actually easier for most people. I mean, Trivial Pursuit can definitely rage on and on mm-hmm. and on. There's uh, one called Wits and Wagers. I haven't played it in a couple of years, mm. but that one was also good because the questions are numbers based. And, you know, it could be like, well, how many, uh, you know, inches tall do you think an average orangutan is? You know, something like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And everybody would give their answer. But there was also a betting board. So, hey, if you like somebody else's bet, you could bet on who was going to be the closest and that this was how you won the game. So you didn't actually have to know the answers to the questions to win, Mm -hmm. which I thought was a great thing to add into a trivia game, because there are some people that are like never going to get the answers right. Yeah. So this added a little different uh, bit of strategy to it. But I still say the best board game over like the last 10 years is a game called. uh, 
well, what is it? There, you get little guns, uh, gun, no, what, uh, not guns and it is guns and something. Hmm. What is the name of that game? Come on. I, I have not played a board game in decades. Oh, well, you're old. You've been used to playing back in the 1940s. Cash and guns. Never seen it. It is a fun party game. You're all playing a bunch of hoodlums who are robbing places. Hmm. And it all comes down to when you are uh, splitting up the loot that who is going to be honest, who's going to try to screw everybody else. Hmm. And you get a certain amount of cards that actually have a bullet in the gun. And otherwise it's just a, a blank, you know, nothing in the chamber. So if you like point your gun at somebody and then they're like, ha screw you, you're bluffing. And then you don't have the bullet, then you lose. But if you do have the bullet, then they take a hit. I mean, it's, it's fun for the whole family when you can be pointing guns at grandma on the holidays. Let me just say. Never seen it. So at least we found something that you have never seen. I think no, like we it. can find plenty if we start looking at sports stuff. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Somebody had noticed in the social posted yesterday, uh, something, something sports ball. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and you, so your had, brain exploded. No, I, I, I chuckled and I, I posted a reply back with a video of a, of a chick that was like at a sporting event and saying essentially, yeah, it's go team. Yay. Sports, you know, stuff like that. The only thing I'm really, really leaning into the whole thing of like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. You got no clue. All I've been doing is watching racing. I have not watched baseball. When's that big Chicago race? That's going to shut down the city next year. Oh, next year. Okay. In July. And you know, it's a two day thing. So they're running, I'm guessing, the Xfinity series here and the, the main series. But it's a two-day so, thing. And it's got to be at least a week of bad traffic, then. Oh, way more. I mean, it's, I think it's like a month before Holy they have shit. to have control. It's like a month. And then like a week after to t- remove the uh-huh. whatever is coming down. But the tickets, all the barricades. which is all temporary seating, let's understand. Because, yeah. you know, it's a street race. The tickets range from, I think it was like $450 to $4,500. Yeah. Well, the, the tickets here for our actual racetrack are, um, for the formula one is uh 2000 bucks a seat. Damn. That's like the minimum to get in. Well, no, it's that like for a good seat. Gotcha. So you're like yeah, in the n- paddock, you're somewhere nice. You're not in the, you're not in the box, but that's like the, the, the I, I'd say that's the price of the highest price of a regular ticket. So you're going to have good seats in a good section of the track, but you're not going to be in a private box or anything. Which in Chicago, the private box may stop the bullets. So that may be, that may be helpful. Yeah, maybe, yeah, necessary out there. You know, it's going to be yeah, interesting I, to I, see how that there's works. There's an old movie that I, I should rewatch is Death Race 2000, there the original version. Yeah. According to the uh, the website, it's 231 days, 11 hours to the mm-hmm. Chicago street race. They've got the proposed layout, the Chicago experience. So I don't know if you want the, Uh-oh. the Chicago experience sounds nefarious. I know the you know, I don't know what they're going to be doing here. Huh. Uh, so death race, 2000 starring David Carradine was a 1970 something movie 
and it takes place in a future totalitarian United States of America. Well, that sounds familiar. I mean, it sounds like today. Uh huh. Except there was 2000. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's basically, uh, a, an event that is a driving event, but in, in the, same kind of idea as the uh, games of the Coliseum. In one person, if you want the President's Paddock Club, that would be thirty three seventy seven. That's your cost without hotel. You you thirty three seventy seven really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where they come up with that number. That's in one day for one day or the whole weekend. That was for the two days. Two days. Oh, that's that's reasonable. Could very well be. That's only like seventeen fifty. Per day ish. They're showing where the little clubs are going to be as opposed to the street mm-hmm. course. It's like, of course, most of this, there's not going to be any seating. It's all just on one area. The right. rest is where the drivers right. are going to have to be careful that they don't get carjacked or, or, or hit by a drone that'll be flying up above them shooting video. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, that's what the NBC mm-hmm. or Fox, whoever does, that's what they use. Or all of the people who just bring their own out now will, uh, will be interesting to see i think it's going to oh, be dude, a, i totally forgot sylvester stallone was in that movie and you want to know what's even funnier it's like a month within a month of the chicago race i believe is when taylor swift's going to be at soldier field for like two or three nights and you're going to be camping out there for how many days never i do not go into chicago for anything even for taylor swift no oh my god i would never go to a concert at soldier field i did that why once. do you live there oh my god for Springsteen. Once I did that, that was it. Not Ugh. good for concerts. And for Taylor Swift, for any, you know, any of these big shows, like um you see the, all of the Taylor fans on the on the socials worried about floor seating. Yeah. Which rightfully so, because yeah, uh, you do realize when you're sitting on a football field that there is right. no there is no pitch. This is a flat yeah, surface. It's flat. Well, she's in the stage, so there's a little angle there. The stage does have a little bit of a, a raise to it, but mm-hmm. I'm six foot six. So the last thing I want to do is to be in front of any female at a Taylor Swift concert. Oh, you're going to be blocking everybody for like 10 rows back. I know. It's like, I don't yeah. want to deal with that. My, my, uh, well, I, I've never enjoyed large concerts. Uh, I just, I don't like them. I think there's too many people there. Yes. Uh, I've preferred to see the bands that I want to watch in a small, cozy or private environment. Well, I mean, you have the money. You're like, I like the Rolling Stones. I'll pay to have them come play my backyard. Definitely don't have that kind of money or anywhere near that. But what I did do is um, I was a uh, uh, I did music reviews for a while. I did as well. Yeah. And that's a great way to get into concerts for free. Yes. And to quite often hang out with the band, but, uh, but also just like go to the gig after the gig, the gig after the gig, after the gig, usually in somebody's house. Yeah. And that's when the real magic happens. That's, that's a much better way to, you know, watch a concert. So, um, some of the best, uh, musicians i've seen i've actually seen you know in the audience of like 30 or 40 people or less 
I know Which is pretty good that Robert Plant and his band just played somewhere mm. in Scotland. Really? And they went to a little place that had an open mic. That's awesome. And we're hanging out for like an hour. And then Robert Plant got up and played the last song of the night, which would be like, damn. Yeah. You know, that's funny because that you do that in um, cyberpunk. Really? Yeah. In the game, you you get the band, the band back together again for one one last time. And they pick a small little hole in the wall club where nobody's going to know that they're going to be playing. And they they play one one set. And that is the secret. Nobody knowing that mm-hmm. they're playing. It can't be one of these things that people know is going to happen. And then they slam right. into it. Cause a lot of artists do that. Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, but you know, the place is going to be packed and it's going to be insane. As much as I don't like Springsteen's politics, there are stories for years about him just showing up at bars in Jersey and playing. And it's like, it was you know, the stories are always the same. It's like he Bruce walks in, the house band is playing. There's 10 people sitting in the bar mm-hmm. and like within an hour of him getting up on stage, there's thousand people trying to slam into it because mm-hmm. we're just, even before the internet, the word was able to spread, but that's how you want to see people. You want to see them in a small bar. I, yeah. I looked for tickets the last time Taylor Swift played soldier field which i don't remember what tour it was on it was before covid Hmm. and we could have gotten front row tickets but because of the way Ticketmaster has bastardized this whole system and i know we're old we're bitter it used to be if you wanted the best possible tickets you got your ass you slept outside all night long or you got really lucky dialing in when when they went on sale on the phone or when the internet first started and there was competition you know, maybe you got in quick on the internet, but it was still usually better to go in person because the internet sucked ass. Mm. But that used to be the good old days. And if I showed up and you waited in line for tickets and you were one of the first, you were going to get really good tickets at the same price mm-hmm. as everybody else. But that's the difference with the way Ticketmaster does things now. And I still think a lot of people don't even understand this is that it is all demand based prices and i remember yep. the taylor swift tickets went on sale front row popped up but they were mm-hmm. like 1800 a piece or 1600 a piece mm-hmm. years ago. i'm like mm-hmm. fuck that like no not paying yeah. that you know no but somebody is well of course or if they don't yeah. here's the thing it's like it's not about being first anymore that you know if it was a 1600 ticket maybe an hour later they're 1500 tickets and three hours later they're 1200 until they're sold. I'm trying to remember what year I saw Robert Plant. I want to say it was like 92. No, I just, it stuck in my head. I was trying to figure out. He was kind of in his prime right about then. Yeah. I think it was around 92. He's still a pretty good act. I saw Ozzy in 94. Oh, was that before he was totally nuts? Uh, that was way after he was totally nuts. He was totally nuts in the early eighties, dude. Yeah, that's why I said Ozzy is one of the few people that I would make the case that most performers that you see have a television and/or stage persona that go out and right. and put on the act. No, there's no difference, right? For Ozzy, I'm like, yeah. I think that's him. I don't think there's any act yeah. whatsoever. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's. I, I think he burned out his, well, it, Ozzy is proof that you can live without a brain. <laughs> yes. 
it's uh it's very little you just have to have a wife named sharon Sharon. (laughs) he'll take care of everything for you shit my pants yeah that's uh Uh yeah but ozzy's had fun there's no question about that yeah but there is that most i think most people have that persona where if you were to sit down and chat with them they'd be totally different than you would expect right well, Gene Simmons is a fucking accountant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to him. He's a very smart dude. Although, he, once you hear him being interviewed, he doesn't stay in that persona mm-hmm. for interviews and things like that. You know, I was, you know, probably not really, I wouldn't even say most surprised, but I was glad when uh, I found out that Kid Rock is just a normal guy. Oh, yeah. I had a yeah. really good friend that, uh, well, doing the whole country music artist thing that, mm-hmm. uh, worked at one of the studios down there that kid rock was always at and she's like was one of the nicest guys ever mm-hmm. that remembered everybody and when he would come into the studio he'd be like hey and he would ask them questions about their lives you know where mm-hmm. you just assume that he would just be a douchebag who would just come in and ignore everybody like no he was actually one of the nicer you yeah. down-to-earth people and they're what i found always fascinating is that a lot of these guys that have a very hard edged image and they're all tattooed it up right completely and you know like you'd look at them it's like yeah badass and then you, you talk to them when they're not on stage and it's like the the mild-mannered kid from your high school right like what the fuck dude what you, what is all this bullshit on your body you know entertainment it's all uh-huh. an act yeah it is it's it's just they're okay using their skin as a billboard and hey, if you get it's like the OnlyFans thing. If you're getting enough money for it, why not? Well, I mean, there's probably a few reasons. <laughs> Unlike podcasting, where uh, we do have two people to thank for today, and I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I think these were the same two guys that were the only two oh, on another podcast okay. that I did the other day. So they're the mm-hmm. ones. They're the ones hoisting up the uh, the rest of people and. Uh, Sir truck driver coming in with 565. And we appreciate that. And our buddy Johnny Hipwell up in Scandinavia, where things are always just. uh, Yeah, I'm I'm not feeling good about what's happening up there. The no, the dictatorship that you guys have up there is just very sad. Are you feeling well about anything up there? No, although I'm not really feeling that great about anything here. True story. But you guys, we applaud you sir truck driver and johnny hip well for being the only two people that are yes. executive what producers. the hell are you doing guys come on episode 50 stop doing of the unrelenting podcast on 11 11 22 i mean this is like numerology this people. is definitely a numerology show i will agree with you on that that is kind of a cool cool thing the game you were thinking of was you don't know jack according to DigiGuru. there you go that sounds familiar yeah 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 have you ever played that I have not, but I've seen mm. the game a thousand times. And I know there were like 4,000 uh, variations. I think they, there was a lot of variations well. of it, but I, I remember it came out. I think it was on the, I, I don't know what year it was, but it was a, uh, it was not, I think it's first version actually came on a disc. I don't think it was a internet thing. Right. Because and then I it think, moved to like PlayStation and all. Yeah. It, and eventually I think it became an internet based game, but the first version of it that I remember a buddy of mine who's long dead, uh, playing that on his computer. And it was a, 
it was a came on a CD or a DVD or something. Sounds about right. But I like the trivia games because they're fun to compete. They're no fun if you don't know the trivia, though. Yeah, I mean, it would be. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, it's right. You heard something click? Yeah, what was that? Yeah, my power went out. Oh, okay. So surging is uh, is surging. You're on battery backup now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're on battery backup right now. Uh-oh. Well, if you want to support the show before Gene disappears, it's unrelenting.show. Yeah. Bemrose, that's funny. The other, I mean, he's off in Hawaii now, assuming he made it. The TSA, oh, is he? that he that wasn't on a list. Bad. Okay. Because he, he mentioned he was traveling. Yeah. Now, uh, he was without power for like 36 out of 48 hours over a two day windy period, I guess, in the Great Holy White. shit. Yeah. So I don't know. They're coming for you guys. All my wow. co-hosts are losing power. Yeah. I know. Yeah. What's up with that? I mean, I don't care. I can run on batteries. I got like an hour's worth of batteries here. That's all you but, need. Uh, I, yeah. It certainly, I have enough to finish the show, even though I don't have a monitor. <laughs> I, I could crawl under the desk and plug the monitor into the UPS. Apparently I didn't do that. DigiGuru says he still has dozens of CD-ROMs of You Don't Know Jack. So definitely was a wow. there you go. old school kind of game. Yeah. yeah I yeah. still have seen, I have to go through all this stuff because I'm horrible about just throwing stuff in cabinets and closets. I know I have stacks of CD-ROMs. Mm. I have old computer gear just sitting in boxes. It's like it's never mm. going to be good. I have to get yeah. rid of it all. I have way too much stuff that had value. That and, doesn't. and the worst part of it is I have quite a bit of stuff that is still shrink wrapped that had value and does not anymore. Really? Like what? I mean, cause they're now doing grading. Well, it has no value to me. Right. Well, <laughs> it, you know, it may have, now the may shit have that value shrink wrapped, they're grading fucking VHS tapes. And there's, yeah. there was like a Star Wars seal, yeah, 1977. That's not, I'm not talking about that kind of, of stuff. Dollars. I'm, I'm talking about like scuzzy cables oh. still shrink wrapped in the box. <laughs> yeah, that's less exciting. Um, even though it's got a lot more gold in it that could be recovered, I guess. Uh, I have just all kinds of peripherals and cables and things that just don't are not utilized anymore i'm i'm not a pack rat by choice i am just lazy at getting rid of stuff oh same that's the distinction i guess but i don't believe you because you've been getting rid of all kinds of things well we've started now with the tickets which i find to still be a very interesting um market for that stuff although i've also been looking as i said victoria's secret catalogs from like the 90s and 2000s going for big bucks on ebay very i mean it's things that you would never think of uh old sports illustrated magazines which i don't have like the first ever cover of mike tyson on sports illustrated granted it was graded and yes there's a company that does grading Mm -hmm. on magazines like they do baseball cars but the number one graded version of the first mike tyson cover of sports illustrated just sold on it was a golden or heritage auction for uh-huh. 16 grand like holy jesus crap. yeah and this yeah, was like holy from the 90s right you know this was not like this was or 2000 it was not a super old sports right. illustrated it's wow. weird it is weird stuff but i have a basement now so i mean i was it was harder when i lived in the townhouse i had like one little closet to throw all the crap in so i was very limited but once we bought this house back in whatever it was oh nine Mm-hmm. 
the basement was about two thirds finished. So that's where I've got my bar now and the old podcasting rig, which I haven't used in years. And the other third was storage and the laundry room. So once you have the room for it, like when I, when yeah, I got my easy. new Allen and Heath mixer, I'm like, oh, this Behringer one. Hey, well, I'll just mm-hmm. throw it in here. Maybe I'll need it. And then you never think about it ever again. Hmm. But it's just sitting there. And I yeah. could still sell it. I could have probably sold it for more five years ago. Yeah, exactly. As it sits in there, most of it loses value. Although some of the stuff may be gaining. We don't know. Well, there's certainly a lot more gaining than I would, I would expect. That's for sure. There's bizarre stuff. And you have to know, because a lot of people, when it comes down to like ticket stubs and stuff, you know, if they, if you were like cleaning out somebody's house and you found a bunch of old ticket stubs, you would just be like garbage. Absolutely. I would never even think that that will have any value whatsoever. Well, I just found in, I mean, I have my dad's tickets, but I also have a box, which of course, as a kid, my dad paid for all the tickets anyway. Mm -hmm. But I went to an opening night back in 91, I think it was for the Blackhawks. So I have four ticket stubs, one of them unripped because it was always, we'd end up going with three people. Like always say, you need an extra seat because it's, it's crowded. Jesus, really? Yeah, back in the day. for an extra seat? Well, my dad's buddy who had the season tickets, he just always ordered four. Holy cow. Wow. So that's what you got. And I I had no idea. I was just like scanning through tickets and I saw a Blackhawk ticket stub and I'm like, oh, what's this? Mm -hmm. And it was uh, Lidstrom's uh, first game with the Detroit Red Wings, Nikolai Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Lindstrom, Hall of Famer, NHL player. And I'm like, oh, what are the odds? And I went, looked in my box of stuff and I'm like, oh, got four of those. And I, I haven't seen any sell, but people are trying to get between five and 800 bucks for them. So I'm like, well, maybe if I can sell them for even 400 bucks a piece, that'd be pretty good. Sure. Yeah. That was just garbage sitting in a box as like, oh, just, just ticket stubs. Wow. I know. It's all what people will pay though. And jumping and I, on getting We've it. talked about this. We don't need to recover it, but just the idea that someone is willing to pay for a ticket. That they didn't somebody else. Yeah. That they didn't go to that. Somebody else got just makes no freaking sense whatsoever to me. It's because they're looking for more things to collect. Like if you're a Michael Jordan collector, you can't afford, well, you can't afford a rookie ticket either. So I guess that doesn't make that much. You can't afford a rookie card. You can't afford a rookie ticket, but there are people doing weird things. I had a woman buy three or four ticket stubs from me that was collecting. Yeah, that was collecting Tim Wakefield, the knuckleballer from the Red Sox fame. He played for other mm-hmm. teams, but she was uh, collecting Tim Wakefield games and I'll pay seven bucks a piece. I'm like, OK, that's that's more than uh, again. They were just sitting there. Sure. They were just sitting there. People will collect their favorite players. They don't have to be at the game. It's just a new collectible. And I don't really understand it, but. It is happening, but you're making money off it, right? I don't have to understand it to to want to make money off of it. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like podcasting, and uh, I don't want to. So, do you have any? As we're we're coming down to the end here, do you have any final yeah. thoughts? I don't want to cut you off or anything, because people will get upset. <laughs> uh, no, I think we're good. I, you know, we've we've actually unplanned, but I think we've avoided talking about anything uh, Russia related, which is perfectly fine like that does not need to be a topic of conversation every freaking show no too much rush is not good for the soul 
Nah, get rid of that Russia thing. We like to have fun. We'll be doing episode number 51 next week. Exciting. Yeah, get your donations in now. (laughs) For episode 51. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Well, I think anyone that wants to donate this year to be on our register of people that have donated for this year, contrary to Gene's advice, should probably get something in soon. This would be true. Yeah. And we're uh, we're going to publish that list of shame. Yes, we will shame you all. Shame you all. So if you want to be on the list of shame donation givers, <laughs> make sure you get something. Done. We are going to have the biggest episode 51 celebration anybody's ever had. I thought that was going to be 55. Oh, okay. But for Sammy Hager, I can't drive 55. That's the one. All right. Well, we'll be back next Friday, everybody. Enjoy your week. And I hope you get power back, Gene. Yeah, I'm sure I will at some point. I mean, like I said, I've got about an hour of backup here. I just need to plug the monitor in so I can actually be on the computer instead of just talking into a microphone. You're like, I still hear voices in my head. I hope I'm still connected. Well, I I, I mean, this proves that I've got the right stuff plugged into right. the UPS. You're right? always like, one side is this, one side is that. I have seen horror stories where the UPS mislabeled the two sides, the one that was Ooh. battery backup and the one that yeah. wasn't. <laughs> well yeah yeah so i i need so i have a backup on the fiber optic uh coming into the house i have a ups for the converter i have another ups for the um uh i don't even know what i guess cable modem but it's not really a cable modem it's whatever it's it's a their router right it's their router yeah and then i have another one obviously or several on the computer and the the normal router and all that jazz so yeah, there's multiple UPSs all running and humming away right now. Donate now so Gene can get bigger batteries. Yeah. Might need more batteries, you know. Yes, more batteries. Don't submerge them in salt water, though. Well, hopefully it's not going to rain salt water today, but it's going to be cold. That's for sure. Yeah, cold there and cold here are different things, Gene. What you said it was seventies there. Well, yesterday. Today it's in the forties. No. Yeah. Tomorrow well, it's in the seventies today and it'll be in the thirties today. People are like, I heard the ending theme. Why are these assholes still talking? <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. Did you play the ending theme? Apparently <laughs> they didn't come through. Oh, that's that part's not being routed through. I'll, I'll have to fix that. <laughs> yeah, fix that. Yeah. By next show. Nothing to worry All right. about. Sounds good. I'm done. <laughs>